We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm up your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. What's up, CMOS girlies? You know, Kate and Emma are slumped in their beds, which means it's time for a podcast episode. How are you doing, dog? Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Yeah, Kate and I were just talking before we started recording about like whether we would ever consider doing any type of like visuals for the podcast, like you guys being able to watch us record on Zoom. And I was like, we can't expose ourselves like that because it would be the same sweatshirt, same background every single time because we just like look like little gremlins when we record. But um, I'm good. I'm going back to Nebraska on, let's see here, Wednesday. I have a family reunion out in Iowa, but I decided I would, you know, slide in a little cheeky stay in Nebraska to see what's up. Enjoy summer in Omaha. I'm definitely excited to get out of New York City in the summer just because it's, yeah, it's been too hot. So evil out. It's like that point where just I like know. everyone is like so irritable. Um so that'll be nice. My one of my brothers recently got a dog. His name is Leo and it's so truly cute. the most precious little nugget ever. And my parents are like obsessed with it. My mom's like, yeah, we're like Leo's nannies. And they were like taking Leo out for a walk. And I'm like, mm, maybe this is like your sign to get a dog. So my dad kind of like, mm, we'll always bring it up. But then I don't think we'll ever commit to it. But I'm like, maybe, maybe this is your sign. But yeah, life's been good. No updates. I was really struggling to figure out intro topics because my life has just been hanging out with my boyfriend, swimming, hanging out with my boyfriend, swimming. So like I, the grocery shopping has not existed. It's just been like me living off of chomps, meat sticks and apples and peanut butter and like weird smoothies that he makes for me at his place, which has been nice. But I definitely miss having my little you know, my little sloples, my little everything, but the kitchen sink salad. So I'm hoping <laughs> I can get a taste of that when I'm home, but how's yeah. everything with you, man? Yeah. You'll get your food moments in Nebraska. Of course. Um, that's funny what you said about parents with pets. Cause like my parents have four cats and they are like fully committed to, um, buying different things for the cats. Like every time I go home, there's a new cat tower or toy or like expensive product for the cats. So that's how they love to spend their money. Um, but I've been good. You know, my most recent CMOS release related development is that I now have a vertical hydroponic farmer in my apartment. 
Uh, my apartment, for the record, is 500 square feet. So I got reached out to by this company called Lettuce Grow. If you don't know and if you listen to the podcast, I'm an influencer full-time. I know, cringe. I get it. So sometimes I will get emails from brands saying, hey, do you want to try our product? 90% of the time, I will not respond because it's some bullshit like from Shein or some random thing that is like very unethical. But the occasional times that I get a hydroponic farmer into my inbox, I will accept that. So they were just like, yeah, we want to send it to you. So I got the vertical farmer. I didn't really look up the dimensions before accepting it. I got it. I assembled it. And I'm like, where the fuck is this going? So it's the company's name is Lettuce Grow. Shout out Lettuce Grow if you're listening to this. I doubt anyone from the company is. But it uses LED light, so it actually doesn't need sunlight. They have some versions that can go outside on patios. So this could be in a cave of an apartment. Like It doesn't need to be proximate to a window in my apartment. But my apartment is a quirky situation where like the AC and the heat kind of intersect. There's not a lot of walkways because it's a small New York City apartment. So I had a serious crisis on like Friday morning when I was like, okay, do I just get rid of my table and chairs? And I like put on threads for a minute. I was like, is it okay if I don't have a table and chairs? Like my vertical farmer or whatever. And like the guy that I'm seeing, like we always sit at... um this table in my apartment and so I'm like what if there's no table like my vertical farm is just taking so much fucking priority in my apartment like what the hell but I don't have my seedlings yet but now I have this concept that Emma and I were brainstorming where like I said you know the meme okay you guys will get this because you're seeing my girlies sorry this is such a long tangent but like when I'm rich all the homies are getting a probiotic prescription or something like that we've made mine is like okay when I'm rich and I have a vertical farmer like all my homies are getting kale whenever they want it so once I'm able to pump out sufficient amount of lettuce um I'm gonna say like hey besties people like are like my literal friends not just on my Instagram come over to my apartment if you want lettuce and I will give it to them out of my window of my apartment. So um, that's going to be a new thing that I feel like is a really, you know, I'm going to be the friend that has lettuce. Uh, it's such a cool yeah, title. It'll to be have. like a little fast food drive through, but for lettuce. <laughs> for lettuce thing. I'm curious, does the LED lighting, does that like bother you when you try to sleep or does it not like shine out into the ether? I mean, I'm so light sensitive that I have to sleep with a really big eye mask on regardless okay. and have white noise on. Like I cannot have any little bit of light. So yeah, I don't know. I haven't turned it on yet, but it needs water. It needs light. It needs power. We'll see if my power bill goes up crazy or not, but I'm pretty hype. I feel like it's cool. I mean, I read this book uh, recently that I've been talking about a lot. It's called Built to Move. It's these 10 different pillars by these two mobility coaches of like how to live your life. A lot of it is about like hip mobility and that stuff. But when they do talk about nutrition, the only advice or prescription that they give is that you should be focused on protein, which I feel like most of CMOS girlies know. But the second thing they say is a very weird thing of like, make sure you eat at least 800 grams of fruits and vegetables in a day. And if you're a U.S. girly, grams is not very like sufficient for, in my head. I don't know what that means. And so I've been starting to try to eat more vegetables and more fruits because I did sort of like a just a, a mental list of like, what did I eat yesterday? Like, did I hit 800 grams? And I was like, oh, there's no way in hell I did. And once again, preface, this is very privileged to be able to have access to all of that amount of fruits and vegetables. But the vertical farmer, I think, is going to help me get that like diverse gut microbiome and actually live my, you Dude, know, CMOS girlies true. That is, wait, 800 grams a day? Yeah. Dude, okay, there's like what? I think it's like 136 grams for like a serving of like frozen blueberries. Don't ask me how I know that from like Whole Foods. So you would have to eat like a lot of yeah. those servings. That yeah. is so many. Well, it's like, you know, they also say that like five cups of romaine lettuce equals one cup of broccoli. So it's a lot about density too. Yeah. So like, yeah, I don't know. I'll keep you guys updated on that journey. But in the book, they obviously give you examples of like what counts and stuff. So 
we'll see. Um, but besides that, reading books is good. I have been reading a lot because I've been doing a YouTube series where I like read a book in conjunction with me running a marathon. And so I've just been forcing myself to read like 10 pages in the morning, 10 pages when I'm on the toilet, 10 pages in the bathtub. And I feel like it's much less daunting than being like, go sit down and finish this whole fucking book. Um, so yeah, um, that's a whole thing. My other question that I talked about, Emma, Emma and I went to got ice mm-hmm. cream yesterday was <laughs> I was like really high walking and thinking about this because I had a stress fracture in my knee. I realized that I don't have any glute strength. And so I've been really reconfiguring my body. And when you walk a lot, you become very quad dominant. And so I was thinking like, are the CMOS girlies more glute or quad dominant, like as a population? And I was thinking that most of us would be pretty quad dominant because I feel like all of us go on our silly little walks and stuff like that. But I'm very curious if anyone out there is glute dominant. I'm going to guess it's like 70% quad dominant, um, 30% glute dominant, because I know we got our little lifting girlies who are all about the the booty gains. Yeah. Um. So we're split. We so have a split. That is my assumption. I'm yeah. definitely, I feel like I'm kind of an even split. It's good. Yeah, I'm becoming an even split. I definitely was very imbalanced before where I had no glutes. And like anytime I did some sort of hamstring like bridge or anything, I was like, I cannot feel my glutes like on fire. I can't feel anything activated here. So we're learning. We're rewilding the body, as they say. But today's episode is about brain fog. Um, You know, we've gotten this suggested. It's a trendy topic. We've done a lot of things about things that relate to brain health. And you'll see that like brain fog relates to the gut brain fog relates to stress it relates to sleep the world and all of our bodies are very connected but it's a fun little cheeky subject for you guys yeah it's pretty specific again there's probably overlap so if you have like heard something i'm sure we've done another podcast episode that gets a little bit more granular and like the gut health and all that stuff we talk about adaptogens um but yeah brain fog it's not fun when you have it i think i had it last week and i was like "Mm, i don't love this for me (laughs) so let's see how we can avoid and fix brain fog for once and for all Fits, fix brain fog for the girlies. That sounds great to me. Um, I will call you back and then we'll get into the pod. Sounds good. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, CMOS girlies. Today, we're here to talk about magnesium, one of our favorite topics. Specifically, let's chat about Magnesium by Moon Juice. I've struggled to find a magnesium supplement to take before bed that has high quality forms of mag and actually tastes good in my bedtime cocktail. Magnesium is your nightcap for relaxation and sleep. It's made with three different bioavailable forms of magnesium and L-theanine, so you know you're getting the best quality sleep supplement in the game. The quality of ingredients are huge to us at CMOS girlies. The product is 100% traceable, 
third-party tested and bioavailable, meaning that your body can easily absorb them. All you have to do is take one teaspoon in water every night when you need to chill, and it comes in two flavors of berry and blue lemon. Magnesium by Moon Juice comes with a range of benefits, including relaxation, sleep, brain health, and regularity. As an avid swimmer, I really love that magnesium is formulated with magnesium gluconate because this form of magnesium supports muscle relaxation. Plus, you're also getting L-theanine, which actually promotes alpha wave activity in the brain for calm. So that's really just the cherry on top. If you're interested in trying magnesium for yourself, you can use the code CMOSGRILLIES at checkout for 20% off. Once again, that is CMOSGRILLIES for 20% off your first order. Our next partner is a product that Emma and I take every single day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to find a greens powder that actually blended together. The taste is hands down the best greens powder I've been able to find. It even has a mild tropical taste and you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, adaptogens, you name it. For me, I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. I've always known that taking a greens powder is a great addition to one's wellness routine, but I could just never get past the unpleasant taste. This completely changed once I started taking Athletic Greens. It tastes so good that I actually look forward to drinking it every morning, something I never knew was possible. Plus, Athletic Greens contains dairy-free probiotics, and let me tell you, my digestion has never been better. Another thing that Emma and I love is that it's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go visit athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS. Again, that is athleticgreens.com backslash CMOS to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, buckle up. Uh, We're going to be talking about brain fog, as we mentioned in the intro. So this is the TLDR, as we like to say. Is that what it is? Amazing. I got it right. Thumbs up. Amazing. Um, the TLDR of today's episode for you girlies that are only going to tune in for, you know, maybe there's a girlie that only wants like the, the recap. Brain fog is not actually a medical condition, but it's a symptom of other medical conditions. So brain fog is not like having what's name one. It's not like having IBS. It's not like having cancer. It's a symptom of you getting other things. It's like having a headache. It's like having an upset stomach. It's like having something. Yeah. Any sort of symptom, like having some sort of like menstrual pain, like it is a symptom of you having another problem, which is why it's such a confusing thing. It's kind of like the episode that we did about adrenal fatigue, where it's a little bit like, what's the diagnosis? Why do you have it? Why do we all have it for different reasons? Like what the hell? So in this episode, we're going to make sense of like why you could have it. What's like the medical reasons of it. And then what you can do about it. Um, Is there anything you can do about it? Whatever. So some of the symptoms of, or like what brain fog feels like, I feel like is probably intuitive based on the words brain fog, but it's this lack of focus. It's a lack of mental clarity. It's just feeling like stuck. It's feeling like, I'm trying to think of a metaphor of what it feels like. You just try to turn your brain on and it's just slow that day. Um, And how the duration of how long it lasts, like, does it fix? Like, let's say if you drink a cup of water, does it go away? Does it not? That we'll get into more now of like, if it's a short-term or a long-term issue. 
Brain fog is also more medically called chronic fatigue syndrome. So it's called CFS. This is defined as if it's happening for greater than six months of persistent fatigue and if it's experienced both physically and cognitively. So that means like you have physical symptoms, then also your brain is fucked up, has to be happening for the six month period. Then you can get the diagnosis of having CFS. This was defined in 1994 by the CDC as like a, you know, medical issue. Um, but within this definition, there isn't like this precise thing of what brain fog actually is. So brain fog conceptually is defined as this perception and experience of mental fatigue that is associated with different like cognitive impairments in your brain's functioning. So brain fog, as I said, it can be related to a short-term issue. Like let's say you eat something and your body is not processing it well. Let's say you're eating like I don't know, a food that your body does not agree with. Maybe it's a food that you're allergic to or like, oh, I'm going to be goofy and actually eat a bunch of ice cream, even though I'm lactose. And then you feel like a bunch of brain fog after, but then you sit on it for an hour and you feel fine after that's like a short-term reason. But let's say it's like every day you wake up and you have brain fog for six months, then it's something that's a much more long-term and much more frustrating to deal with. Um, so brain fog can be a symptom of you having illness. It could be something like Lyme's disease. You could have lupus. You could have diabetes. You could have multiple sclerosis. Even after like a cancer treatment, you could have this as well. And so some people think of like, what's the cause of brain fog? Like, why does it happen for all these different diseases? Some people say it's high levels of inflammation and that could be you're inflamed and you have this type of disease or you're inflamed because of the food you ate. Um, it can change your hormones, which then will determine your mood, your energy and focus. We'll talk more about like the gut microbiome, hormones and everything. But this imbalanced level of hormones is what caused your whole system and more specifically your brain to be off. So stress is one thing that is like a huge reason why brain fog happens. Chronic stress can increase your blood pressure. It'll weaken your immune system and trigger depression. Um, it also can cause this mental fatigue and kind of this malaise where you're kind of just like floating through your day a little bit. And so it makes sense. Like when your brain is exhausted and clearly like overstimulated to thinking about a personal life problem or a work problem, it becomes much harder for your brain to be rational and be able to focus and do tasks. Um, if you have lack of sleep, that can be a big one for brain fog. Like I know when I was not sleeping at all, when I was in high school, I definitely woke up and felt foggy some days. And so sleep is really important. We've talked about episode, episodes 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 on this more specifically to get that eight to nine hours of sleep. I feel like we've talked a lot about sleep practices, but when you are sleeping, that is when your brain repairs. I like to think of it as like my brain is, I'm taking my brain out of my head and putting it in a cold ice bucket of water. Um, that is the time when your brain actually like gets rid of information so it can start thinking about what the thing you're going to do the next day is. So if you're not giving yourself time, the next day you're going to wake up and feel shitty if that if that second night you're not getting another night of sleep it adds up and it adds up pretty quickly Another reason why you could have brain fog would be hormonal issues. Um, the reason that hormonal issues can trigger brain fog is because the hormones that progesterone and estrone, estrogen are very important in the body, regardless of like if you're pregnant, if you're going through menopause or something like that. It can affect your memory and your brain's like um, ability to process certain situations in your life. And that's why I think a lot of people have this uh, connection from brain fog to PCOS. Once again, like which thing links to the other is kind of like for question in the medical space. Like, do you have brain fog because you have PCOS or do you have PCOS because your brain is messed up and your hormones are messed up? Like it's kind of a and what, what am I thinking? An and or type situation. Um, so if you have thyroid issues or PCOS, like brain fog is probably going to be a symptom of those two things just because the hormones are out of whack. 
Um, diet, you know, sometimes it can be linked to deficiencies of things like B12. If you have some food sensitivities, like I was saying before, if you're clearly allergic to like gluten or dairy, and then you eat those things, you could have a short-term period of gluten or dairy, but you could find out with a doctor that you work with for a few months that like, maybe you really have been like eating oatmeal for breakfast every day and your body is sensitive to that. So like, if you cut it out, your brain fog goes away. Like that's such an individual thing to figure out with your diet. Uh, the next one is chronic illness. Brain fog is a huge symptom of chronic fatigue syndrome. And then COVID and long COVID is the one that is probably like most interesting in like the medical space of studying that right now. In recent years, it's been closely associated with these like uh, cognitive ex- impairment things because people experienced it during or after about with COVID-19. Roughly to 20, 30% of COVID patients have had some sort of brain fog that persists or develops. During three months of their initial infection, but then it's more than 65% of these people with long COVID report different neurological symptoms. And so it's becoming this huge neurological like healthcare crisis that a lot of doctors are very curious about because like we've only had so much time to study like coronavirus and how it's affecting different like populations and subgroups and demographics. So it'll be very interesting to see like what happens with this virus that creates brain fog in all of these people with long COVID. Um, so yeah, we don't have the research there, but that's like something new and buzzy that's being talked about a lot. Yeah. And then kind of getting into how gut health is related to brain fog. This is definitely like ultra geeky sea muscarly stuff right here, but there are millions of microbes in our gut that directly influence our brain health and vice versa through something called the mind gut connection, which we've talked about before. We've also done an episode on the gut brain axis, gut skin axis. So definitely go back and listen to those, but these bacteria like in our gut can communicate with the brain through something called the vagus nerve, which is one of the largest nerves in our body. And its role is really just to send signals to our brain and our gut. It's like a long tube that connects the brain to the gut. And we have neurons in both our brain and gut. And really the purpose of neurons here are intended to tell the body how to behave. And then we also have something called transmitters. And so these are more like chemical signal messengers and they control our behavior and mood. So like, for example, 90% of our serotonin is produced in our gut. So a lot of what's going on in our gut will kind of impact like the serotonin production and, you know, other type of chemical signal messengers and like our overall behavior and mood. So kind of getting into like how this fully connects to brain fog. So again, like brain fog is a symptom that's like rooted in a deeper underlying issue. So like brain fog can be an indicator that there might be something going on in your guts. Maybe you like have an imbalance of gut bacteria. Maybe you have IBS. Maybe you have SIBO. Um, Perhaps you have something a little bit more serious, maybe like Crohn's disease or something. Um, And the reason that brain fog can be an indicator is that like you know, there just might be like a change in composition, which can then impact your mood, behavior, and cognitive performance. Because again, like these neurotransmitters aren't able to send the correct signals or maybe not enough serotonin is being produced, et cetera. And so like really like a healthy gut is going to equal a healthy brain. And this is like where food will have the biggest impact here. So you really want to ensure, like Kate mentioned about eating 800 grams of like, you know, plants, whatever throughout the day, like you want to have as much diversity as possible. So I know there's like, some sort of challenge where it's like trying to eat 30 different types of foods throughout the week that just ensures like more diversity, make sure you're getting a lot of like prebiotic fibers, your bananas, artichokes, leeks, and then, you know, fermented foods. And then just like trying to limit consumption of alcohol, sugar, the type of stuff that you probably hear on every single podcast. Um, but neurotransmitter production in the brain is like really dependent on certain proteins, vitamins, and minerals. So we really need like a good balance of like healthy complex carbs, proteins, and vitamins. And like one thing that is kind of interesting is folic acid. I feel like I don't really ever think about these like really like niche little um, 
vitamins and minerals and micronutrients, but folic acid, for example, is like critical for brain function and cognition. And our microbes are responsible for really like metabolizing food to keep a steady supply of folic acid flowing into the brain. And so if like our microbes aren't fed properly and if we're not feeding them and giving them all the nutrients that they need, their ability to create like specific vitamins such as folate can can decrease, which can then impact like neurotransmitter synthesis therefore we're not really able to get like all the proper proper signals that we would typically want um and then this leaves the brain kind of struggling to communicate and this is where like that dreaded brain fog can settle in um there's a really good book that i haven't personally read but i have listened to her on many different podcasts it's from dr uma naidu and it's called this is your brain on food and it kind of really talks about more in depth about like how certain foods can impact your your brain and it talks a little bit about like the gut microbiome as well so i definitely recommend reading that if you're someone who's like damn this is interesting i want to like learn more on that but yeah this is definitely like more of like the geeky sea moss girlies stuff and i feel like if you're like an ultra sea moss girly you probably have your probiotic and like know your prebiotics and everything but if you're a newbie, we're going to kind of talk about like more easier lifestyle changes. But again, I think it's just like important to touch on how critical the gut microbiome is with in your overall health, because there's so much more research coming out. And yeah, it's like wild that it has like such a huge role in, in everything. Yeah. And like Emma said, I think this topic particularly is one that can be daunting because it's like, oh shit, I have no idea what this is linked to. Like, is it my diet? Is it sleep? Is it stress? Is it my folic acid? Like there's so many things it could be, which is scary if you've been struggling with brain fog for like six months. And so here's sort of like what I would do. I think if you are experiencing it, like what could be next steps? Is it normal to have brain fog? Like how could you even get treated or diagnosed with something like this? So even though it's said, I said in some situations, it can be vague and temporary. Like Emma said, like, oh, I had some brain fog last week, or it was hard for me to focus at work this week. Sometimes it can just like ruin your whole life. Like many aspects of your life become really difficult you don't have this like uh feeling of mental clarity at work like that can be challenging if you're struggling with that for a long time brain fog tends to affect your executive function and these are skills that help with planning and organizing follow directions multitasking so it can really take over your life so it's something to think of as like serious even though it is something that's just like a symptom of another issue so a single test can't really be utilized by a doctor to diagnose your brain fog um brain fog may signal an underlying issue that you have like i said So this is kind of a jumping off point of like, you could go to your doctor, you could go to a holistic practitioner, you could go to a functional, whatever, like, there's a lot of routes of you could go to deal with your brain fog. Like, do you have an exercise practice? Maybe you want to get into breath work? Or do you want to go to a nutritionist and try to be vegan? Or do you want to do a food sensitivity test? Or do you want to go to a doctor and see if you have blood relate like get your blood work and see if you have issues like that so there's many steps you could take hypothetically um to kind of get a sense of like where the brain fog is coming from blood work can be really helpful and i would advise you to get it the doctor can help identify the cause of brain fog if you do have very glaringly obvious deficiencies so it can detect if you have like irregular glucose levels it can see if you have poor liver or kidney or thyroid function it can look into nutritional deficiencies so like maybe it's something as simple of like you've been really deficient in vitamin b12 and vitamin d for years because you're a vegan or something like 
you could get that fixed and your brain fog could go away. You could have an infection. You could have an inflammatory disease. There's a lot that I think that a Western doctor could actually help with brain fog. Will they be able to get you to the solution? You might be able to, you might have to go do more work with like a nutritionist or something that's more holistic than just getting blood work. But I think it could be a good start because it can be daunting. Um, And I think the thing that doctors and practitioners, the best reason to go that route is because they can create routines for you that will help with this focus and fatigue. You could program in like breaks to take while you're working. You could make lists. You could keep a journal of like, when do these symptoms come? And that could be a much better way of you attacking the problem if you have a team with you to support you through that process. Because if you're just battling your brain fog alone, like it's going to hit a breaking point when you're like, I need help. Like this is like annoying me and it's like ruining my executive function. So definitely try to figure out like what the best next steps in terms of like care could be for like your situation. Yeah. And of course we got a few questions on like, what are supplements that I can take to help? I do just want to say that like, there's not really going to be any supplement that's going to like fully cure you just because again, like brain fog is a symptom of something that's like a little bit more um, granular. It's something that's like a, you know, a larger underlying issue. So it's like, you're going to have to focus on that first before you can kind of like figure out how to better support your, your brain. But I feel like when talking about brain cognition and mental focus and clarity adaptogens get thrown around a lot. And so that's kind of something that I want to focus on just because I know the girlies are interested in adaptogens, but they're kind of confusing. And it's like hard to know like what to buy and like what to trust and like how to take them. Um, so I guess like the 101 on adaptogens is that they're really like a broad family of herbs and mushrooms that have been around since like 3000 BC, like really, really prevalent in ancient Chinese medicine. So they've had like a lot of validity in multiple different cultures for many years. Um, and like a few kind of things that are required for something to be considered an adaptogen is that like it must be generally safe for everyday use and for everybody. It must be able to help handle stress and restore balance of your endocrine system. And then adaptogens must be like non-specific, meaning that they can kind of like give you what the what you need in the moment. So like let's say you're taking ashwagandha, like it the ashwagandha in that current moment for whatever it is that you might need can like help with like lowering inflammation, but then it could also boost energy for times where you need that boost. And there's like so many different types of adaptogens that you can take, but I think like the ones that are more typically targeted and marketed for like brain health is like lion's mane. So this is like considered the smart mushroom. And it's one of the best adaptogens for brain support and cognition. And a lot of the benefits of lion's mane are believed to come from the nerve growth factors that are found in the mushroom. And there's two compounds that can stimulate the growth of brain cells. And there's been like a few animal studies that have found that it can help protect Alzheimer's and reduce symptoms of memory loss. I really love lion's mane. It's definitely like one of the few adaptogens that I take pretty consistently. And, you know, if you can either buy lion's mane like on its own, or you can buy like in some sort of like brain you know, brain boosting mix. Like I know moon juice has one and so many other brands to make it like a little bit easier for you to like, know that like, okay, I'm getting something that's like a good blend of all these adoptions that are supposed to kind of help me with, with brain health. Um, next is like holy basil. This is also known as Tulsi and holy basil contains two phytochemical compounds, which have been identified as anti-stress compounds and create like a positive change in neurotransmitter levels in the brain. And like some research has shown that it helps with enhancing cognitive function as well. And then of course, like there's so many other adaptogens such as ashwagandha, cordyceps, and maca. And like, since brain fog can be a symptom of like stress, most adaptogens will help with addressing this root cause and like helping with your body respond to stress. And so this could then just like overall lead to a reduction in brain fog. So you don't necessarily need to seek out like 
the the adaptogens that are necessarily marketed specifically towards like brain cognition you can really take like just about any it takes you know you just got to experiment with it i think one thing to keep in mind in terms of adaptogenic or adaptogen use is there's this thing called like the cumulative effect that the woman from rasa kind of explained on our podcast with her is that like you have to be taking daily adaptogens in order for you to reap the most benefits because like a daily intake will assist our body in like building up a tolerance to stress. So like repeat consumption is needed. And it's like similar to exercise. Like if you go on a run once a week, you're going to like feel great, like in the moment right after, but it's like those benefits aren't going to carry on day after day unless you form some sort of habit with it. So I think with adaptogens, like they come in powders, they don't taste great. Find different ways to to consume them, whether maybe it's like a powder, or maybe it's a pill, maybe you like drinking it as a tea. There's so many different products on the market. So that's one thing to keep in mind or consider. But really overall, like lifestyle interventions will be the best way to support um, brain fog and just like overall like brain cognition since like brain fog is a symptom of a different issue that's going on. So kind of like getting into like the general lifestyle practices. Again, this is like the same thing that you probably hear day in day out on any health and wellness podcast, but like that's really how it goes when it comes to health. So first is going to be like physical activity. Um, exercise promotes the expression of proteins in the brain that enhance function and reduce anxiety. And it also increases endorphins. So these are the feel good, feel good hormones and they're produced to relieve stress and pain and are boosted via exercise. And again, like you don't even have to do anything crazy. If you also are someone who like works a nine to five or is at the office all day, like even if it's just like standing up for like five minutes at your desk, like that is like still something that gets the blood flowing or just like doing a lap in the office. Like you don't have to be like, you know, running 10 miles every single day to reap any benefit. Um, So definitely like start small. And it's like, I don't want people to feel like they have to like do a bazillion things in order to like fix themselves. It's just like little tweaks here and there. And then sleep as well. Like when we sleep, like Kate said, like our brain kind of washes out the toxic waste that's like built up throughout the day. And then the cerebral fluid kind of like rushes into the system and it clears out this like debris and toxic buildup. And like during sleep, we also consolidate our memories and create new brain cells. And it's like so easy to feel the effects from one bad night of sleep. Like I'm sure we've all been there. And so if you're someone who struggles with sleep, but like you're an A plus student on everything else and like maybe hone in on that um then like lastly diet of course like just be mindful of sugar because high blood glucose levels can lead to insulin resistance and diabetes which are shown to be linked to alzheimer's and then also to like low glucose leads to brain fog and irritability so like constant spikes and drops should be avoided if possible i know like i typically will experience like crazy like brain fog and just like inability to like think clearly whenever like I experience a blood glucose spike. So I definitely try to prioritize and ensure that like I'm eating things in the right way or like having some sort of like protein filling snack before I maybe have a slice of cake just to kind of balance out that, that blood sugar levels. Um, and also to like our brain is 60% fat. So getting like quality fats and diets, especially omega threes, DHA, which is a type of an omega three is like most beneficial for the brain as it's a major structural component of brain cells. So eat your fish, black seeds, avocados, olive oil, eggs, you name it. And then I think Kate mentioned this briefly that like a B12 deficiency can be linked to brain fog. Um, and it can be, can lead to many different neurological disorders. So if you're vegan, definitely keep in mind for this. Um, if you're someone who does eat animal proteins, you're likely fine, but always get stuff tested with a doctor. And then also just like foods high in antioxidants and polyphenols to help fight inflammation and free radicals. So, you know, your berries, your beets, your leafy greens, your turmeric, um, green tea, whatever your favorite antioxidant food is of choice. Um, 
But yeah, that's kind of like the the episode of like brain fog. Like Kate said, it like can probably be like really scary to like not really know like why you're experiencing brain fog. And this is like definitely an area where you probably should not be self-diagnosing yourself on WebMD because who knows what type of diagnosis you're going to be giving yourself. Um, And it's something that you're going to have to like really do a lot of experimenting. And like, I think this is where a lot of like Western health practices can come into play but also work in tandem with like eastern practices as well if you decide to incorporate adaptogens and other like more lifestyle interventions but also getting the blood work that's necessary and needed from your your primary care doctor to figure out if there's something like bigger going on within within your body yeah it's important to stay curious and i think not to feel like militant like if you feel off for any sort of reason and maybe you've been doing the same thing for like months and years of your life i think it's always good to feel comfortable to stay curious and question what you're doing and be like, you know what? I've had eggs for breakfast for the past 10 years at nine o'clock. Maybe I need to have them at eight o'clock and I need to have twice the amount or something like that. I think it's good to experiment because you just, you you know, you're going to be able to get to these, the root of these issues a lot faster if you're not so militant about stuff. And then the next thing I was going to say, like, I think this can be daunting to make any sort of lifestyle change. And recently I've been thinking about this more in my terms of my own life and like thinking of the idea of I'm adding things to my life and I'm not subtracting it. So like food related, let's say you're going to eat something and you're like, I don't want to eat a vegetable, like not being like every meal you have to have a vegetable, but it's like, is there a way that I could add a certain nutrient to this? Or is there a way that I could add like something else to my dish versus feeling like I get, I'm restricting myself from eating sugar. I'm restricting myself from eating processed food. It's like, no, I'm like for me, my recent snack thing I've done, I've been like trying not to gatekeep my snacks, but then I'm like, I don't want this shit to go out of stock. I've been eating a lot of Greek yogurt with these like simple mills, brownie thins. And I'm like, this is kind of like a one dimensional snack. Like how could I judge it up a little bit? And I added some mulberries. I added some fruit on top. I added like a healthy fat. And so that's just been how I've been thinking about lifestyle stuff. Like I'll go on a run and I'm like, you know what? Set a timer on your phone, stretch for 10 minutes. Like it's not something that's a huge lifestyle change overnight, but it's just little things that do add up to then be big things. So yeah, like if you're on some sort of like, I don't want to say healing journey because that sounds like corny, but you're on some sort of health quest, perhaps. I like health quest. I don't know why. If you're on some sort of health quest, um, just stay curious about it and you don't have to do crazy, crazy stuff overnight. Um, just do small stuff. Yeah. And I also think too, with anything like this, you're actually going to be better off incorporating one thing at a time versus being like, I'm going to try to do all 10 billion of these things. So then you're not really going to actually know what was like most effective and actually helped you the best. Like maybe it was you starting to eat more like olive oil and fats, or maybe it was like you actually incorporating adaptogens versus like, if you did everything, you wouldn't actually know. Um, so yeah, like Kate said, stay curious, think, have an abundance mindset, take it slow, take it easy. Y'all are young. You have plenty of time in your life to incorporate all the wacky, hippie, woo-woo wellness practices into your daily routines. So much time. So much time. And if you do incorporate those things, you know, post on your Instagram story a little cheeky CMOS girlies moment. Em and I will like that shit. We'll post it to our story. We've been loving seeing them. But that's about it. You know, follow us on threads, too, if you're there and down to get quirky. But I think that's the pod. Um, I'm going to go get in a bathtub, dog. What about you? I'm going to drink my magnesium. So we're both going to be soaking up magnesium in different ways. Yeah. I love that for us, but thank you girlies for listening. Um, It's a pleasure to pod with you dog. And we will talk to you all next Tuesday. Bye everyone.